So are you ready for the word? Yes. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Okay, if you're ready, please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalm 116, verse 12. The book of Psalms 116, verse 12. For your information, the book of Psalms is in the Old Testament and it's in the middle of your Bible. Psalm 116, verse 12. I read. It says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Shall we read it together? Ready, go. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm sharing with you this morning on a message I have titled, Three benefits of thanksgiving. Three benefits of thanksgiving. I'm only able to share three. doesn't mean there is only three. There are more. But we don't have the time to be able to share them all. So this morning I'm sharing with you three benefits of thanksgiving. Christianity is not a religion but a relationship. Christianity is not a religion, but a relationship. That is why most of the times when we come before God, we show our emotions. It doesn't mean we are weak people. It simply means that this is a relationship. We are relating to God. That's why sometimes when you're in church, you cry or you see people crying. That's why sometimes when you're before the presence of the Lord, you feel overwhelmed because you are having a relationship with a true God. He's a true God. And because Christianity is not a religion but a relationship, that also means that God in his infinite wisdom want to relate with us hence he gave his only begotten son to die for our sins not because of what we have done but because of his own goodwill not because of how good or how nice we are not because of our righteousness not because of our holiness but it's because of his love towards us So the Bible says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? In other words, what shall I give back to God for all the benefits he has done or given to me? Guess what? There is nothing we can render but to render a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving. Because if we sit down, I mean, have, have you don't noticed that sometimes God does things for you and you wonder, what did I really do to deserve this? I really don't deserve this. I don't have the qualification. I don't have what it takes. Yet he has showed me his kindness. Even us being alive, it's not because we prayed hard last night. Do you know that many went to bed last night and not everyone woke up this morning? 
Is it because you are too handsome? No. Come on now. I know I'm a very handsome man. Praise God. Don't be jealous now. That's why my wife, that's why my wife accepted my proposal. Now why, why are you jealous now? You don't think I'm handsome. Don't you think I'm handsome? Some of you are not saying, don't you think I'm handsome? <laughs> if we do a handsome competition now, I'll win you hands down. I'll beat you hands down. <laughs> Praise God. So it's not because of our handsomeness or it's not because of our beauty. It's nothing of us, but it's simply because of his goodness. That's why the Bible says, what shall I render unto the Lord? What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? His benefits are not towards anyone, but towards me. I don't know about you. You have to personalize it. His benefit is towards who? Towards me. His benefit is towards me. When I look back where God picked me up from, I say, Father, thank you. I know without any shadow of doubt that if I had continued in the same way I was going, I wouldn't be here now. The last encounter I had before I gave my life to Christ, I ended up in a big gutter drunk. (laughs) I don't know how I got home, but thank God, he got me home somewhere, somehow. Are you following me? And if I had followed in that Road, it would have been a road to destruction. And many of us can attest to God's goodness in our lives. That's why we cannot take his goodness for granted. You know, personally, I don't know how someone can survive in this day and age without God. How can you possibly survive without God? That's why the Bible says in Psalm 68 verse 19, it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Daily. His benefits are daily. He loads us daily with his benefits. Daily with his benefits. He loads us how many days? Daily. So every time you come before the presence of God, come empty. So you can go loaded. You come empty so you can go what? Loaded. Fully loaded with his benefits. Psalm 103 verse 2. It says that bless the Lord oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Let's not forget his benefits. Don't forget where God picked you up from. I've always said that ungrateful people shall never prosper. And that's the truth. You know if I give you a cup of water today. And you don't say thank you, I won't give you another one. One of the key things we teach our children at a very young age is to learn how to say thank you. So this is why we on on the last Sunday of every month is our Thanksgiving service. We come not because of the offering, but we come with a heart of gratitude knowing what he has done for me so I can
come before his presence with an offering to say, Father, thank you. This morning we were driving to church and on the other side there was a serious accident. We drive on this road every day, but there was a serious accident. Serious one. And then I started thinking, I'm not a, a good driver. I'm not a perfect driver. But you see, when God is on your side, he protects and shields you from all forms of accidents. He protects and shields you. So for that alone, we have a cause to thank God. We have a cause to thank God. That's why it says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not his all his benefits. So if there's anything you forget, you don't forget his benefits. Don't be ungrateful. Be thankful. Father, thank you for keeping me alive. Father, thank you for giving me a job. Father, thank you for what you've done for us. Father, thank you for your thank, you have to learn to thank God and your thanksgiving must be consistent question we want to ask is in what situation do we give God thanks? In what situation? In everything. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 the Bible says in everything do what? In everything do what? In everything do what? Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do you want to know the will of God concerning you? It's in thanksgiving. It says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. That means in the good give thanks. In the bad give thanks. In the ugly give thanks. In everything what do you do? Give thanks. Yeah, you give thanks because this is the will of God for your life. Now, someone will say, Pastor, you don't understand. How can I give thanks? When I've just been laid off from my job. How can I give thanks. If my house has just been repossessed. How can I give thanks. When my car has just been repossessed. God. I mean pastor. How can I possibly give thanks. But listen. Thanksgiving is not a suggestion. It's a command. Thanksgiving for the Christian. Is not a what. A suggestion, it's a command. That's why God says, in everything, what do you do? Give thanks. In the good, give thanks. In the bad, give thanks. In the ugly, give, give thanks. thanks. Now, when you give God thanks in the bad, God say, ah, he or she has a heart of gratitude. I can give you something better. Yes. That's why I said, if I give you a cup of water, and you say thank you. Next time when you come, I'll give you a, a, a glass of milk. Yes. So you are graduating from water to milk. And then from milk to honey. Are you following me? And then from honey to smoothie. So can you see the graduation? But if you don't thank God for the water, he's not going to upgrade you. Listen, write this down. Thanksgiving is an application for more. Thanksgiving is an application for what? For more. You want more in life? 
give God thanks. I was in this church when it was one. One member. (laughs) I was in this church when it was just one church, one branch. I was here. I can tell you that where this church has grown to be is through the mystery of thanksgiving. When there was one person, I said, thank you, Father, for bringing me alone to church today. The following week, he added another one. Thank you, Father, for bringing one more soul. Thank you, Father. We were thanking God for the one. My wife will tell you when we started. One Sunday, we were both here. The following Sunday, she went to preach somewhere, and then I was the only one. And then the following time, I had tonsillitis, so she came to church. She was the only one. <laughs> so I asked her, how was church today? She said she was the only one. But when I was the only one, when she asked me, how was church today? I said, church was very powerful. There were so many people today. Why? I was giving God thanks for you who were coming on the way. Look at what Jesus is doing today. Look at what Jesus is doing today. So the Bible commands us to give thanks. Young young men and young girls, listen to me. When you ask your parents for money and they give you a fiver, and say, Mom, what's this? I want 20 pounds, so you give me a fiver. Wait till you start working. Eh? You know, a baby pig, a baby pig, you know what a pig is? You know what a pig is? Of course you know, because you, you eat a lot of bacon, don't you? A baby pig, ask a mother pig, why is your mouth so long? And then the mother pig told the baby pig, don't worry, when you grow up, you understand why your mouth becomes so long. And when the baby pig grew up, its baby also asked her, why is your mouth so long? So young people, be grateful for the little things your parents give you. And say, what is this? It is something. I said it's something. I said it's something. Please never allow any situation or the situation you find yourself in to stop you from giving God thanks. Whether we like it or not, life is not always smooth. Sometimes you'll be up, sometimes you'll be down. But in the valley, learn to give God thanks. That's what the Bible says in everything. You are a married woman. Your husband comes home late. Doesn't eat your food. Keep giving God thanks. Father, thank you. There's a lady somewhere at his workplace that is confusing him. Just, just, keep, give, just keep giving God thanks. Is a pastor you don't know. Listen, I have been through stuff that I cannot stand here and tell you. And the only thing that brought me out was through was thanksgiving. Just keep giving God thanks for that man. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Blind the eyes of him from any other woman. Father, thank you. 
I'll only be the queen in his eyes. I'll only be the sugar in his tea. Father, thank you. I'll only be the woman he will love for the rest. You have to thank God. Do you know, I even thank God that God will close my wife's any man who sees my wife wrongly, their eyes will go blind. Oh, I'm serious. Because you know, you have no idea what it costs me to get this woman here. It costs me so much. So now, every time she's going to work, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> any man, anywhere, I curse their eyes from seeing my wife. Amen. Amen. When you get yours, you can play with yours. As for mine, I don't want to play with mine. Amen. So, give God thanks in that situation. Your marriage might not be working, but give God thanks before you realize. You'll come home early one day and say, Hello, baby. Are you there, baby? And you wonder what's happening. You've forgotten. Your thanksgiving is working. Is pulling him home. Is bringing him home. And before you realize, he will not be going out anymore. You will only be the sugar in his tea. Hallelujah. So we have to learn to give God thanks. In the good, give God thanks. In the bad, give God thanks. Why? Because thanksgiving is an application for more. Acts chapter 16 verse 25. The Bible says that and at midnight... Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises. That word sang praises means giving thanks in the prison. And the prisoners heard them. Now this is a very interesting scripture. How can you thank God in prison? Because in prison, if you say you have God, why did God allow you to end up in prison in the first place? People will question your faith. They'll say, if there is God, why did you end up in prison in the first place? But the Bible says that in the prison, they prayed and they sang praises. They gave thanks and the prisoners heard them. Verse 26, the Bible says that through their thanksgiving, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Oh, say it again, say suddenly. It says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Why? Because of their thanksgiving. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bounds were loosed. That's the power of thanksgiving. I don't know what prison you might find yourself in. Just keep, just keep giving God thanks. Just keep giving God thanks. You're a student. You study and things don't stick in your mind. Just thank God. Keep reading. Don't stop reading. Keep reading. Every time you take your book, Father, thank you that today whatever I read will stick in my head. Keep reading. Keep thanking God. But keep reading. Keep thanking God as you sit in that exams hall and you're writing. Before you write that exams, thank God. Father, thank you that I have passed this exams with A plus. And then you write your exams, you come out, it might seem difficult, but when your results come, it will be A plus. I said it will be A plus. Why? Because of thanksgiving. So in the prison, Paul and Silas thank God. 
What prison do you find yourself in? Prison of sickness? Prison of frustration? Prison of depression? Prison of no joy? Keep giving God thanks. Listen, the spirit of joy activates our thanksgiving. You see, you can't give God thanks until you are walking in joy. You cannot give God thanks because the reason why you have to activate the spirit of joy is because when you are in a very tight place, the first thing that knocks on your door is depression. When the bills are coming, the bailiffs are knocking on your door. The next thing that comes is, is depression. And you feel like giving up. But one of the key things you have to do is activate the spirit of joy. Activate the spirit of joy. How do I activate the spirit of joy? It's through thanksgiving. Father, thank you. Look at this scripture. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 to 19. Are you ready? Something is breaking forth today. Your life will never be the same today. Habakkuk chapter 3 from verse 17 I read. It says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no head in the sea. Now look at the bleakness. Although nothing is working, the fig tree is not blossoming. There is no fruit in the vine. The labor of the olives have failed. The fields are yielding no meat. The flocks have been cut off from the fold. And there are no heads in the steel. This is frustration on the highest level. This is depression on the highest level. Nothing is working. Dryness all over. And so although all these things are happening, look at verse 18. It says, yet I will rejoice in who? I will do what? In spite of all this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Somebody said the spirit of joy. That's the key. That's the key right there. Now, irrespective of what's happening around you, walk in joy. The three Hebrew boys were put in the burning fiery furnace, yet they were in joy. <laughs> can I can I can I reveal a secret to you? Can I reveal a secret to you? If you live in a house that has a glass and your enemy lives opposite you, right? You know your enemy will not wish you well, right? Now what you have to do is every morning, wake up in the morning, put in some gospel music, open the curtains and let them see you dancing. Oh. You will confuse them. As they, they, they will think that things are not going well for you, but in there, be present. Just, just I don't know what, what are the latest dancing styles. The youth can tell me. 
I don't know what is, but whatever is there, if it's, you know, in the 1970s, some of us learn breakdancing, you know. Is it breakdancing? <laughs> or moonwalk or whatever. Whatever work it is. In the morning, put some nice gospel. Never see your enemy. Never allow your enemy see you cry. Never. Never. When they ask you, how are things? God is good. All the time. I say God is good. Although the fig tree is not yielding, nothing happening, yet I will rejoice in who? In the Lord. You can destroy depression through the spirit of joy. And listen, there is coming an economic holocaust. And it's only those who know their God that will stand. And in this season, don't isolate yourself from the brethren. Because there is joy in fellowship. There are testimonies in fellowship. There is power in fellowship. The devil can't come near you when we are together and in fellowship. If I see my sister excited and I come depressed, her excitement will rub on me and my depression will flee. I don't know what, which perfume you wear, but whatever perfume you wear, if you handshake me, by the time I let go of your hand, I'll be smelling of the same perfume you're wearing. That's why it's important for us to be together because the devil only destroys when we isolate ourselves. Joy. Somebody say joy. 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 Don't allow joy breakers around you. That's why I love Pauline. She's always joyous. Do you, know, do you know she's 79 years old? 79. And yet she doesn't look it. You know, honestly, honestly, let me say this. When I see her in the church, she's younger. But there was one day I saw her outside, outside the church, and she looked very old. I, I'm, I'm sure she's not going to be offended by what I'm saying. She looked very old. I was shocked. I could not recognize her. I couldn't recognize her outside. But in the church, she was younger. So what you have to understand is that association is important. The church you go to is important. Where you are planted is important. If where you are planted, the pastor is full of depression, you'll be depressed. You will be depressed. Every Sunday, I look forward to hearing myself because I want to laugh. I don't know about you, but every Sunday and every weekday, I look forward to listening to myself, man. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? So, don't allow joy breakers, joy killers around you. Don't allow them. When they call your phone, put it to answering machine. Don't allow, because you know there are some people, by the time they, you finish talking, you become depressed. 
you become depressed. You, you feel like, oh my goodness, what, what's happened? I don't even talk to some pastors. Because when, by the time they finish calling and they finish talking, ah, they talk about this one, that one, this one did that, this one did that, and I'm not interested in all that. Many occasions I've told my wife, there's this particular person, every time he calls, this one, this, this one, that, this one, that, this one. I said, it's not edifying. The Bible says that let only that which is edifying come out of your mouth. And every time we finish talking, I become, I feel, I feel depressed. That's the honest truth. I feel depressed. I said, no, no more, no more, no more. I don't want no joy breakers around me. I always want to be in joy. In the house, my wife calls me a comedian. Yeah. I want to be around people who have joy. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's so important. Don't answer calls that of people you know will rob you of your joy. After church, you get out of the door and then a joy breaker calls. Cring, cring. And then you know. And then you pick up the call. Don't pick up such calls. Keep ignoring them and they'll stop calling. I'm helping someone. I don't know why I'm here now, but I'm, I'm sure I'm helping someone. It says, Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 18, it says, yet in spite of all that's happening, verse 17, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. So do you see what happens when you walk in joy? Joy brings strength. That's why the Bible says that in the presence of God there is fullness of joy. And it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Are you following me? Yes. Now look at what happens. It says and you make my feet like a hind's feet. So joy produces strength and then number two joy produces speed. He will make my feet like a hind's feet and he will make me to walk upon my high places. You can never walk in joy and be in low places. Every time you are in joy, you will be in high places. And the chief singer on my strings instruments. That's why when you wake up in the morning, if you can't pray, just praise God. Just praise God. Just praise God. Just praise God. Just thank God. And as you do that, you'll see the manifestations of God's goodness. Quickly, what are the three benefits? Number one, thanksgiving gives us access into the presence of God. Thanksgiving gives us access into the presence of God. Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. Thanksgiving gives us access. It gives us access into the presence of God. Ungrateful people will never, you will never find anyone ungrateful in God's presence. Now get ready. When we get to heaven, there will be lots of music. The Bible says that 24 elders before the presence of God are worshiping 
There's praise and worship will be happening 24-7. And very soon, this church, when we get to our main auditorium, 24-7, there will be praise and worship happening in solution. Hallelujah. So thanksgiving gives us access into the presence of God. And let me say this. One key thing that you need in life is the presence of God. Who is with you matters. The presence of God shields you. That's why Moses said, if your presence is not going to go with us, please don't send me. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the key benefits of us in this church is every time we gather, the presence of God is evident. Every time we gather. The pre- that's, you see, the presence of God is only where he approves what we are doing. Are you following me? His presence only comes when he approves of what we are doing. So if what we are doing here is not of God, his presence will not be with us. And woe unto you if you go to a church where the presence of God is not there. It's full of flesh, carnality, manipulation, witchcraft, all kinds of things. Amen. Amen. So thanksgiving gives us access into the presence of God. So learn to give thanks. Be a thanksgiver. That's why we give God thanks every Sunday after service. When we kneel down here, we are giving him thanks because timely thanksgiving is key. Because if you don't give God thanks timely, he says, I will curse your blessing." He said, I've even cursed them already because you have not laid it to your heart to give me the glory. Listen, we must never get to any point and say, I made this church what it is. I made this department. I made the... No, no, no. The moment you say that you are taking the glory from God, who is the builder of, builder of this church? Who is the builder of this church? It's God. God is a builder. God is the owner. He owns the church. Number two benefits of thanksgiving is thanksgiving supernaturally multiplies everything. Thanksgiving supernaturally multiplies everything. John chapter 6 from verse 11 to 13. You know the story. This talks about Jesus with his disciples and there were great multitudes that came to hear him. And after for three days they were together and the Bible says that what happened was there was there was hunger in the camp. And while there was hunger there was a little boy who had five loaves and two fishes. You know the story don't you? And so Jesus, who is the bread of life, asked his disciples, what shall we do? And the Bible says that he himself knew what he was going to do. Yes. Now remember, he is the bread of life. Yes. Jesus is the bread of life. So if he's the bread of life, when you come to him, you will never lack bread. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible says in verse 11, of John chapter 6, the Bible says, and Jesus took the loaves from this little boy 
when he had given thanks. Now there were about 5,000 men, probably 10,000 women, and probably 20,000 children. Because there are always more women anywhere than men, including my own house. Are you following me? So there will always be more women, probably double the size of the men in every place. So there were, the Bible tells us there were 5,000 men. So that means, let's say, 10,000 women. How many is that? 15,000. And let's just double the children up. There are always two children that follows every, every mom and dad. That's minimum. You know, minimum is two. But you know, we've told you in this church, you have to, you have to have minimum in this church is four. You have to have four babies. So stop that business of two, two. You know, God says be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. So all this two, two business you people are doing is not of God. It's true, it's not of God. You haven't finished. There's more to come for you. Say amen to that. You don't say amen because you are not there yet. (laughs) Hallelujah. So let's just say there are 5,000 men, 10,000 women, and 20,000 children. How many in total? 35,000. Rough estimate. 35,000. And yet all Jesus had was five loaves and two fishes. Do you think that five loaves and two fishes can possibly feed this number of people? It's not possible. So when Jesus realized that, look at what he did. The Bible says that, and when Jesus took the loaves, he took the loaves, he took the five fishes, the the five loaves and two fishes, he took it, and when he had given thanks, so when he took it, he gave thanks. Are you following me? When he took it, what did he do? When he took it, he did what? It was little, but he gave thanks for it. The Bible says that he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sat down and likewise of the fishes as much as they could. Verse 12, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain and and let nothing be lost. Verse 13, Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten it. Five loaves, two fishes fed over 35 people and they even gathered 12 more baskets. And guess who those 12 baskets went to? The little boy who gave to them. The last benefits number three is thanksgiving have the power to reverse everything that is dead. What is number one benefit of thanksgiving? Oh, let's say it again. What is number one benefit of thanksgiving? It gives us access into the presence of God. What is number two benefits of thanksgiving? 
it supernaturally multiplies everything. If you like, start it. You have little, start giving thanks. Last year, Christmas, we had our families visit us. So in the house altogether, we were about 12, isn't that right? We were about 12 altogether. And can you imagine feeding 12 people in the UK for how many days? For how many days? 12 days. 12 days. 12 people, 12 days, breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> and the things we bought only got finished in March. After they've gone, you know, we, we were really eating. We ate till eating itself could not eat itself anymore. At the end, we, we still have leftovers. How did it happen? Thanksgiving. Maybe you have 100 pounds for the, for the month. Thank God for it. It will stretch. Just when you get to the shop, the things will be reduced for you. And God will show you the right places to go and shop. And stop buying, you know, all this. You say, as for me, I have to buy, um, you know, there. I have to buy uh, organic or no, not organic. You know, the expensive brand. I have to buy branded. You know, they all come out at the same place. Branded or non-branded. They exit at the same place. Train your taste buds. Right? Train your taste bud to accommodate the non-branded products. Why do you concentrate more on your flesh? Focus more on your spirit. Feed your spirit more. The more word you listen to, the less food you eat. <laughs> and save some money, praise God. Save some money, amen. Don't always go in the red. Save some money. Don't always go in the overdraft. I'm helping someone now. Hallelujah. And most of the time we waste, we go and buy, 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 buy. 40% goes in the bin. You see, buy one, get one free. Buy one, get two free. You can't eat it or you're just one person. These people know. All they want is your money. So look for places where you can buy these things cheap. When you get there, thank God, Father, thank you. And God will stretch your money for you. Hallelujah. And therefore from today, supernaturally, I decree that you will not lack any longer. Lack will never be in your house any longer. In the name of Jesus. Can I hear a living amen for that? Number three, thanksgiving have the power to reverse everything that is dead. Thanksgiving have the power to reverse anything and everything that is dead. You know the story? John chapter 11 verse 41 and 42. The background of this scripture talks about Lazarus who was dead for four days. And Martha and Mary sent for Jesus and said, Jesus, the one whom you love is dead. And the Bible says that Jesus went back and when he went, verse 41, the Bible says that, and they took away the stone from the place 
where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Now, does that make sense? Lazarus has been dead for four days. What do you think Jesus should be doing there? Jesus should be doing gymnastics and praying in tongues. Father, in the name of Bala Bala, praying all kinds of. But listen, Christianity is simple. It's, it's very simple. You see, this is why some people, when they come to church, they expect the pastor, you have to shout, you have to scream, you have to swear. No, no, the anointing is not in the sweat. The anointing is in the word. The Bible says when Jesus was preaching, the power of God was present to heal. As I'm preaching now, there's so much power here. There's so much anointing. The word works. Listen, I don't need to make the name of Jesus more powerful than it is. The name Jesus is powerful by itself. So Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and said, Father, I thank you. We had that experience not long ago. Instead of saying anything, I said, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It might not make sense, but keep thanking God. Keep thanking God. That death thing will come alive. Father, thank you. Some, the doctor might have given up on you. They say, you have stroke. This part of your body is dead. Lay your hands there and say, Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Keep saying it. Father, thank you. Keep talking it. Father, thank you. This part of my body, Father, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. One day you'll be there. That part of your body will come back alive. I said it will come back alive. In the name of Jesus. I had something that swelled on my hand at some point. I don't know what happened. I went to the doctor. They said, oh, this thing happens to everybody. And they said it will never go, blah, blah, blah. So they, they scheduled me for an operation. And uh, they were going to put me under GA. And I went for the pre-assessment and everything. Don't be like me. And then I said, no, I'm not going. He gave me a date and I, I didn't go. My wife and I were thanking God. Thank you, Father. This growth is gone in the name of Jesus. But I wake up, it's there. We keep praying. I give my hands to my wife. I say, Father, thank you, it's gone in the name of... This has been there for over two years. Over two years. Father, thank you, it's gone. I wake up, it's still there. Last week, I woke up, I was looking for it. It was gone. I showed my wife. I said, look. Nothing there is gone. <laughs> it's through Thanksgiving. Are you following me? It's through Thanksgiving. So, these things I'm teaching you, I'm not teaching you theory. In that situation, it might be difficult for you. That how can I thank God in this situation? But remember, Remember, Paul and Silas in the prison, they were thanking God. So, thanksgiving has the power to reverse everything that is dead. I don't know what has been dead in your life. Go home today. Bring out that issue. Begin to thank God for it. 
begin to thank God for it. And you will see it come back alive. In the name of Jesus. Finally, being thankful makes your thanks full. Many people wait for everything to be okay before they thank God. But listen, start thanking God now. And everything you are thanking God for will be okay. In the name of Jesus. Did you receive it this morning, church? Hallelujah. Are you sure you received it? Let's give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving is a gateway. Thanksgiving is a gateway. Amen.